All right, bro, did you see this? No, you didn't, because it's old. Wait, what? I'm Captain Lou Albano talking to you about drugs. Kids, don't be afraid to say no. Anyone that asks you to use drugs is not your friend. Drugs can and will kill. Remember, don't be afraid to turn to your priest, your rabbi, your minister, your moms, your dads, your teachers, because drugs can kill. And if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. (laughs) (laughs) You're lying. Nothing can prepare you for Mario telling you that you go to hell. All right, we need some links. You got you got a link for me? I want a link. I do have a link. Let's send you that link. It's going to be right this time. I haven't been on the internet much this week, so bring it bring it to me. I haven't either. Oh, oh no. But yes, okay, so this is Meet the Man Who Visited Disneyland 2,000 Days in a Row. Wait, 2,000 Days in a Row? That's a lot of days. That's Yeah. That's half a decade of Disneyland. On the daily. Yeah. Uh, since January 1st, 2012. All right. Oh, man. This guy. It was, <laughs> this is a quote from him. It was something to do to keep things fun. Like things? <laughs> like life? <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Wow. It started as something to do in 2012. Visit Disneyland every day. I mean, that is... Okay, first of all... Well, I guess it's not that big of a deal if you get the annual pass. No. So you're not, you're not you know, getting charged on the reg. Food, food's a little expensive at a theme park, and it's also pretty bad. So that's kind of wild but you know i used to i used to kind of do i didn't do on the daily but a friend of mine i don't know if you ever met him or not but a friend of mine actually worked at uh sea world he actually also worked halloween horror nights so he always had infinite free tickets to both sea world and uh, universal studios and so i would just go with them sometimes and it really changes your way of thinking about a theme park when you can just go and like hang for 30 minutes and then jet out which is what we would do. We'd like, hey, you want to go to Universal? Okay. And then we'd like go and then like go on a ride and be like, cool. All right. Bye. So when I think of going to Disneyland, I think like a full day experience. And is that what he's doing or is he just like... I mean, I, I feel like he was going for like a good chunk of the day. Maybe not the whole day, but... Oh, man. That, that, is, that is a whole lot of Pirates of the Caribbean right there. Yeah. That's a whole lot of Haunted Mansion. Is there a place that you would go 2,000 times? No, I mean, that's a whole lot of anything. Yeah, you're really correct. It doesn't really matter what it is. That just seems like a lot of anything. I was trying to rack my brain. Like, is there anything that I love that much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, it gets kind of gets sad. He still visits daily, sometimes alone, and sometimes with current girlfriend. That's kind of a dig, current girlfriend. <laughs> well, maybe it's because he's taken multiple girlfriends at Disneyland. Dude, he's gone for a couple years. I bet multiple girlfriends have benefited from this. If this guy goes every day and you date this guy, you know where your dates are going to be. You know where you're going with them <laughs> in the evening. Pizza port is my place to go. Yeah. He has a job, so his weekday visits are in the late afternoons and evenings, and on the weekends, his visit times can vary. He's a veteran of the Air Force, and this is, it gets kind of real right here. He says, I have memories of riding with my mom and holding onto my blankie about the Matterhorn ride. I love sitting in the front row, holding the handle, and leaning into the turn. So this is like a, this is like a sentimental thing. Like, this is keeping him alive. Oh, those were the days. Yeah, I remember being a kid and... Loving all this stuff. And I mean, the picture of him, I mean, the picture of him needs to be seen. He is just loving life. He's on the Matterhorn front row, camera in his hand, taking probably his 2000th picture 
of the Matterhorn. <laughs> Can you imagine, by the way, being friends with this dude on Facebook or Instagram? Just literally every day he uploads a picture <laughs> of him at Disney World. <laughs> Go through the slideshow because there's a picture of him and his girlfriend oh. in the teacups. He looks so happy. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. So there's, there's 10 pictures. First picture, him on the Matterhorn, fist raised in triumph. Second picture, him, like a nice little portrait of him. He's got a sun hat on, which you, you'd need a sun hat if you're out 2,000 days in a row. I mean, that's a lot of outside activity He's a pro. to begin with. Even if I loved Disney, I don't know if I'd want to be outside in the heat of California. I know. Look, he's got he's got like hiking boots on. He's like prepared. He's in front of the castle. Third picture, him and his girlfriend, his current, current girlfriend, girlfriend, I should say. <laughs> Fourth picture, oh, that's his annual pass. He's holding it up to the camera, showing people. By the way, that annual pass, that is not a good ROI for Disney. They cannot be happy. <laughs> When they said buy an annual pass, they probably imagined that this guy would go, what? What What do you think the like, average person that has an annual pass goes? Maybe 10 times a year? That feels even extreme. Yeah, I have relatives that have annual passes, and they live in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And they would go, you know, 10, 10 feels right, 15, you know, at the max, if they're feeling crazy. And it's in spurts. It's never like, all right, once a month, regularly. It's like, all right, three weekends in a row. Okay, we're taking a month off. Okay, a weekend here because we're bringing a friend. Okay, two more weeks off. It's sporadic. This guy, man, props to him. So then the next picture of him is him on the teacups with his girlfriend. Yeah. And they, I mean, they both look like they're loving life. He seems like he found the right girl this time. I don't know. <laughs> maybe some of his past girlfriends didn't have such a good time, but she looks like she's really digging the teacups. So this seems like this relationship's got legs. I wonder if he has kids. Yeah, I mean, he's 44 years old. So it's definitely a possibility. And they're all just like, Dad, give it up. Next, next is a pin that says 2,000 Days of Disney, and that's definitely... The uh, first time that's happened, that's pretty wild. Uh, next one is him showing his annual pass and like getting in to like a turnstile agent. <laughs> which I mean, do you think they do you think they know him? I wonder if Disney like you know obviously they track who comes in and out of the park so they can target and uh, advertise and market towards those people. <laughs> this guy, I feel like they've got to be like, okay, so Jeff, what's your deal, bro? Like our park's pretty cool, but two thousand days in a row. <laughs> You need to chill. And then, okay, next picture is him. Is I think you back on the Matterhorn. So that's like a that's a favorite here, fan favorite. This is Jam. And uh, next picture, nine out of ten, we got him back on the teacups. And this time, like I said, I mean, this was a prediction that I had, and I think I am correct. He's taking a picture of his girlfriend on the teacups. And I mean, only so many pictures, my dude, that you can possibly share two thousand <laughs> days in to being at Disneyland. I mean, if you told me go to Disneyland and take like a new beautiful photo every day for five and a half years i would not be able to possibly <laughs> do that i mean there's only so many things to take a picture of dude he he's seen the rise and fall of the empire and think of how many like different actors for you know princess roles or mascots or um characters that he's seen yeah like oh jeff was a better donald duck you know? like, <laughs> yeah he's like he's like oh yeah we don't we don't go talk to that goofy that goofy's a dick <laughs> The other one's much better. His palette must be so refined to Disney Imagineers and all that stuff. It's totally true. You know, that brings a whole new concept to regulars. So <laughs> I used to work at Smoothie King, and we would have people that would come in every day faithfully, even on, like, it's raining, it's this, it's that, whatever the situation, they still would be, you know, they would still come get their drink. So this guy, I, I wonder what, like, what's going through the minds of these actors, of these, you know, stagehands, <laughs> of the staff. Totally. I mean, you know, I, I'm that guy. I always go to a coffee shop every morning. Yeah, but it's a coffee shop. Yeah, but also, and I mean, like, 
I am at that point where, like, for real, I'll come in at, like, noon, where I usually come in at 8 or 9 in the morning, and they'll be like, hey, where have you been, you know, and, like, that kind of funny thing. I can't imagine literally every day showing up to the same place that many days in a row. That's just, that's wild, man. How does he not get tired of it? Oh, wait, I thought you were joking earlier. For real, he says, Pizza Port is my go-to place. I love going there for pasta. I wasn't being weird. (laughs) He literally said that. <laughs> uh, this story feels very in line with like the Tonawanda, you know, saga. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it kind of ends on the same ominous note. The Tonawanda story, it's that, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go back or not. I kind of feel like I will. They don't want me to, but I might keep going. And this, the final line is the journalist writes, he admitted that he does not know when he will stop going every day. Quote, my current pass is good until January of 2018. Then we'll see. That's it. Oh, it's going to be sad as heck when this guy dies. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, man. Bury me in Disneyland. <laughs> Uh, hey, you know, we, we're, we're really good at this. For people who literally never, like, do any pre-planning and definitely don't do any pre-collaboration, we managed to, to get some good, speaking of, dot, 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 links going back and forth. So, speaking of uh, theme parks, bro, did you see this? Really interesting. You live near Orlando. I used to live near, near Orlando. Islands of Adventure has that whole Marvel part of the theme park, Marvel Island, is maybe, maybe what they call it. And I, I don't know if you remember, but I remember when Disney bought Marvel, and I thought to myself, what is going to happen now? Because of how strange that is for Disney to have their own theme park, to buy this comic book company that has already partnered with another theme park. Do you remember that? Did, did that like cross your mind at all? Yeah, absolutely. And I counted the days for when the rights would expire at Universal, because I felt like Disney can handle it better. But, I mean... It's not going to happen anytime soon. Well, no. Well, my friend, that's what's really interesting is because this person, Cable Sasser, a.k.a. my favorite Twitter person, dug up the contract that Marvel and Universal signed in 1994. And interestingly enough, the term for how long Universal can use Marvel characters is infinite. You're lying. (laughs) It never ends. How crazy is that? Why the hell would you make that kind of contract? That's so bad. Do you think... Okay, so Marvel went through a period yeah. where they were not financially successful. Was this signed in that era? It absolutely had to be. Yeah, I mean, they basically gave the infinite contracts to uh, Sony. Yeah, they, they signed away everything. So the, the reason this came up was because he noticed that in Hong Kong, this isn't applicable. So in, in Hong Kong, they're doing advertising saying Marvel Superhero Summer. But in Disneyland in California, they can only say Summer of Heroes. And they can't use the word Marvel. And they can't use the term superhero. Because Universal has exclusive right to the term superhero when referring to Marvel characters. Which is pretty wild. It even gets crazier, which is that Disney World literally can't use any Marvel character that Universal is using in Florida, but they can in California as a technicality because in the actual contract it says east of the Mississippi any other theme park is limited to using characters not currently being used at the same time. East of the East of the Mississippi. Yep. That's so stupid. Disney World can never have Captain America, can never have Spider-Man, can never have any of those characters that are on Marvel Island. And they can appear in California, but I think that it's like one of those things where why would you do that? They're not going to make a ride that will never be able to transfer over to Florida. So they have to consider only characters that aren't being used already at uh, Universal Studios. Isn't that wild? <laughs> man, that's so depressing. That's so crazy, man. Marvel has so many different stories and situations like that. So obviously X-Men is under Fox and Fantastic Four is under Fox. Marvel recently has like 
killed the Fantastic Four comics and they're doing the switcheroo with, you know, X-Men and Inhumans. And they even are like limiting the merchandising and toys of X-Men and Fantastic Four because they're like, no, we're not going to let you profit off of our stuff and we're not going to help your movie sales. And so, man, what a dark time that Marvel was like, everything must go. And now how much they probably regret that. But also maybe Iron Man, because Iron Man, people forget Iron Man was like a C-level superhero. Yeah, for real. Before the movie. Now he's, you know, number one billing. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. makes so much money doing that role. But when they initially were planning that movie, it was not, you know, something exciting. So I wonder if what the the landscape would have looked like had they still had rights to some of these characters. What were the, the most famous characters in the 1990s? It was absolutely X-Men. Yeah, that's true. Maybe Ghost Rider? Eh, I don't know. He might have been more... He was popular, but... Punisher? Punisher, yes. He was cool. Because 90s was like the era of pockets and pouches and belts. <laughs> true. So true. <laughs> look at look at Cyclops' old uniform. He had like a blue jumpsuit and then just a yellow bandolier with just like a million pockets. Look at Deadpool, his original design, just pockets for days. But then look at DC. They retained all their rights and they suck. Except I heard Wonder Woman's good. Nope. It's not good? We're not going to put that in the podcast because we'll get hate mail. No, you can. Please put it in. Put it in. I don't like Wonder Woman. It's a bad movie. (laughs) Please, please make that the title. Wonder Woman is not a good movie. Wonder Woman is a bad movie. I don't like it. You people are overhyping a bad movie. There are better, stronger female characters in movies. That's my piece. Oh, my God. I'm not going to lie to you. I was planning on editing it out until you just, I don't think it's it's possible anymore. So I think it's got to stay in. All right, then, bro, did you see this? French designers hack a 3D printer to make a tattooing machine. This is how we get the mark of the beast. Whoa, this is crazy. (laughs) Are they actually freaking tattooing real people? Yeah, they really did. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. I feel like you'd be down for that. Yeah, it's something about the giant, giant arm (laughs) that makes me feel scared by it. I wouldn't mind a tattoo from from a robot. I feel like it knows what it's doing more than a human does. I feel like if Drew Kaufman was to get a tattoo, which is not on brand for him, he would get it from a robot, and then that would make it on brand. Yeah, I like it. I'm actually interested. It just got this one design that it's yeah the, that it's nailed down, huh? The spiral. The spiral is pretty lame, but I feel like it could probably like nail a plus sign or other straight lines. Would you Would you get a tattoo from a from a robot? No. <laughs> would you get a tattoo? I'm too. One, my taste always changes with like design and art stuff. Mm. And then two, I think and give way too much meaning to things. And I would want it to be like more than just meaningful. And and sure, you get to a point where it's just filler and it's like, yeah, put a flower here. Yeah, put, you know, my kids initials here. And I have those like dumb tattoos lined up in my head. But as far as like the big centerpieces, I don't have nailed down. What I really want to get, and this is definitely a filler tattoo, is three ovals and like three like little portraits. They don't have to big one with benjamin franklin okay tell me more one oval with benjamin Grimm, the thing from fantastic four okay and then the last oval portrait ben kenobi all right three bends all right is there a meaning to the three bends you just like them all i feel like they hit you know some cool or interesting like uh, personality or like interests ben franklin he's like a really smart guy he's an innovator i would like to think that i'm pretty creative and thinking outside the box and solving problems ben Grimm, he's a tough guy but he's also you know a comic book character i love comics Uh, i you know on the outside got a tough exterior on the inside you know softy and then Ben Kenobi, Star Wars, I want a lightsaber. 
Enough said. Who doesn't want a lightsaber? I know. Come on. All right, what's your next link, Doug? Bro, did you see this? I, I found this because of a person I follow on Twitter. Her name is Maria Chong. You got to read me the title. That's a good title. <laughs> Why some men don't work. Video games have gotten really good. <laughs> I know. It's this really crazy article that uses some pretty decent data to back up the fact that men in particular, because obviously it's not just a random gender choice. They actually show leisure activities for women and men. But how for men in particular, that is becoming more and more often video games, which made me think back to that thing that we were talking about last time, man. <laughs> that our parents got to die? Yeah, our parents have to die before everyone plays video games. But maybe not, because it looks like people, even in the 30s to 50s, they are also taking up video games and starting to have that as a big portion of their leisure time. Are they counting like mobile games as like true games? Because I can't see a 50-year-old picking up an Xbox or a PC rig, but like the totally play Angry Birds, you know, while they're waiting on the train. Yeah, it's basically saying like some of these games that are really popular, they're taking up so much time that people are choosing to play them instead of work. And that's becoming something that might be more and more common as time goes on, which is a pretty wild idea. Yeah, dang. In the 1990s, games like Mario Bros. were a little more than 8-bit virtual toys. Today, you and your closest buddies can go on quests in games like World of Warcraft that can last for days. Man, this is, this is, I've never thought about this. This is like really eye-opening. Yeah, when I was talking about it last episode, we were, I was kind of taking a, a optimistic approach saying, someday we're all going to hang out in games and it's going to be fun. But the reality, it seems to be more of someday we're all going to be addicted to games and it's going to be terrible. There's an accompanying study that I also saw. But apparently there's a game in China that it's so popular that it's the top grossing game of all of 2016. Whoa. Counting games that, you know, were big in the West. And it's a game called Honor of Kings. One out of seven people in China play this game. Wow. That's a lot of people. And apparently it's such a popular game that the the company that makes it lost $15 billion in one day because they limited the game time for kids in their game. Whoa. So that's crazy. That's nuts. How upset must they have been that re- that restriction lost them so much money? This article that I linked you to, they say, Tencent responds to criticism of Honor of Kings. Game is not a disaster. Because this game is so addictive, the kind of norm story that's being told about it right now is that it's a terrible game, and it's a terrible thing that's been released into the world. Yeah, so when we were talking last week, very positive. Seeing this, I don't like this. (laughs) This is, like, really alarming, and I would not want to live in that society. So, yeah. I don't like that at all. I don't know, man. I just wanted to do this little bit of follow-up that's kind of not very funny and maybe a little dark. Games are weird. I just don't think we really know what the future is going to look like yet. And it looks so very different from the initial video games. Thanks for ruining video games, dude. Can we move on from this? Yeah, I think we should. All right, so you know that I am a little bit of a sneakerhead. And so I love to watch videos, love to watch, you know, reviews and things, and just always consuming shoe stuff. So I came across this guy. Welcome back to How Comfortable Is This Shoe? I'm your host. My name is Brad Hall. Today's episode is very exciting. It's the Nike ACG.07.KMTR, which is a really cool way of spelling commuter. I'm excited to get this shoe on my foot, so without any more talking, let's see how comfortable it is. This is weird. <laughs> right? This is kind of uncomfortable. It very. As you can see, very interesting setup on these. No laces at all, just the strap across the foot. Can't wait to get inside. Oh, don't use that phrase. <laughs> 
This is this has to be a character, right? It is. I I was like, no, this can't be a real person. And sure enough, like I found old videos of him where he's like a shoe reporter or something like that. And he just like has a passion for shoes and he just wanted to do something for fun and it blew up and got way more popular than he thought it would be. I think the people that do like a fake persona on like YouTube or on TV shows, there's like a certain level of like genius and like certain level of like intelligence to just put on this facade. For real. Who do you think like in pop culture who do you think is a fake persona so you know die antward they're crazy click on my link ninja presents banana pudding he he talks about uh going to kanye west's house kanye was pacing on the lawn kanye was like oh, man, i went and sat by the pool on my own waiting to finish i didn't even know why he wanted to speak to me i thought about music maybe because i make music i'm a rapper we started talking, and he started talking about my graffiti that I do. I wasn't really listening. I was trying to work him out. I was like, you're strange, dude. He, he's kind of got this crazy career. I don't know if you know anything about it, but he hasn't always been that. He actually had something before that called Max Normal, where basically he played like a straight-laced like businessman, like a motivational speaker. At the end of the day, I'm on my way home on the highway, then God is Friday, Max Normal oh my gosh totally different yeah isn't that crazy it's so weird and then he he pivoted to become this different character and i think that's the thing is you could look at somebody like this and see him playing this like motivational speaker person and then see him being ninja in Antword, and then you could think oh he's like just playing a character but i think that in both places he's really being himself just like a, a version of himself this guy i think he goes by wadi is ninja and he is ninja but he's also playing this caricature of something a little bit bigger than himself but yeah he's he's so interesting that's why seeing that video of him talk about the kanye story is so weird and not on brand for ninja and that's why i was so like taken aback that's kind of the thing is that he is just himself at all times yeah so keeping on that that rap tip okay did you uh listen to any of jay-z's new album oh he's doing like old school animation yeah wow this is incredible right it's so good that's really cool i love it and and i love uh like the taking of the you know, horrible images of like black people as these caricatures and repurposing it and like, not nah, we we took it and it's ours now. <laughs> that's um that's something that I've actually been thinking of recently. The way that any animation, cartoon, any depiction really at all in any way in media depicted black people was so wild, and to see an entire video of it done intentionally in modern day usage is pretty jarring yeah and and jay-z i feel like is the perfect vessel for this to like take it back and what's crazy is you know i was watching um uh, my roommate is really into anime and we uh, he was like watching it and i came into the, the family room and they still do it to this day like a lot of asian animation companies they still make black characters like weird caricatures where they have big lips or big noses or like i mean even look at like pokemon that one the uh, jinx i think the name of the pokemon is yeah jinx you're t so right yeah that's a horrible character so i mean it, it still hasn't gone away which is nuts and i bet people there's young people that see this and don't even realize that you know history and the connection there's a character in like dragon ball z too or something right exactly that's the, yep that's the one i was talking about i don't know dragon ball z but i do remember that there's a character that's pretty clearly a person in blackface yeah it's uh i think his name is mr like popo or something something like that <laughs> God. right isn't that great pretty bad so yeah jay-z yeah. story of oj can i can i steal the show for a second go for it
because I actually wanted to show this to you. <gasps> Dude, Cuphead. It's it's the game, right? Yeah. Yes. I want to play it so bad. It looks so beautiful. Yeah, so it's this weird side-scrolling game that's coming out, but the whole thing is hand-animated. I know. It's mind-blowing because it looks so beautiful. Whenever I see people, I don't know what these boards are called, but, you know, when they have this, this drawing method that's, that's definitely made for doing frame by frame by frame, it always makes me think of seeing somebody pencil like Mickey Mouse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's like the Disney way. Dude, I very distinctly remember when I was a kid getting the VHS of like Bambi or all these Disney classics. And then if you would let it run long enough, they would show you like into the Disney animation studios of how this and specifically with Bambi. They showed how they animated the water droplet in that that raindrop sequence where it's like rain. Dum, dum. Thank you for that. They used milk because they couldn't see enough detail with water. And so they would take an eyedropper and at different heights, drop it and just study it for days and days. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, that, that art of like frame by frame illustration is so impressive. Yeah, I mean, when you watch this guy doing it, you can see that just a single frame is taking him so much time. And I mean, it goes from, I don't know what they call it, but like it goes from like a rough sketch to being inked. And then somebody like cleans it up and then somebody goes, it finally scans it in and does a digital coloring of it. So, I mean, it's multiple hands touching every single frame of this. And to make an entire video game of that must be a wild amount of work. And I wanted to know what you thought about it as an artist. Can you imagine doing something like that? So I've, I've done artwork for, like, board games, and that was daunting in and of itself. Like, card after card after card and, like, drawing the board game artwork and just, like, all the assets that go with it. It was so tedious. So imagine, like, animation frames. I think, I, I think I'd kill myself. <laughs> I think it'd be too much. I don't have enough patience. But uh, then on the flip side, as an artist seeing this, this is, like, fulfilling in such a, a special way. Like, watching it, and I haven't played the game, but just watching it, I'm just, I'm so, ah, this is satisfying. This is, it's, like, nourishing almost how beautiful and how you know the attention to detail and you know and it's uh, hats off to people that like want to take that time and you know really make a, a beautiful piece of art not just a good game but like something that moves the needle and i i would love to i'm i'm gonna look up you know after we're done talking um interviews to see like why they chose this art style if it was like they were heavily influenced by like Disney in their youth and they would watch those kind of, you know, things with like Bambi and the after credits because, man, this game is, it's beautiful. Uh, okay. Give me a link, my friend. Okay. What's up, guys? Beige here for Complex. If you've ever been in the service industry or even just watched an episode of Kitchen Nightmares, you know that the absolute worst thing a restaurant owner can do is act defensive and angry when customers offer criticism. However, Imagine Vegan Cafe in Memphis, Tennessee apparently never got that memo. When one patron gave the spot a two-star review for a very unusual reason, the owner got very upset, and the fiasco known as Butthole Gate began. Oh, wow. Hashtag. Hashtag Butthole Gate. During my visit, a bare butt naked baby was running around, stood up on a table, and bent over to show me its butthole. I wish I was exaggerating. This is while I'm eating, and it's the owner's kids. An older kid came over and started yodeling and staring at me during my meal. The whole thing might have gone away if it hadn't been for the restaurant's series of angry responses on its now-deleted Facebook account. Imagine's owners became increasingly unhinged as complaints piled on. They claimed that Imagine isn't about business or being professional, and in the whole situation's most bizarre moment they said that quote buttholes are completely different oh this business is going down <laughs> 
Totally. For anyone who reads this and instantly is scared this might affect our business, I cannot begin to tell you how much we do not care, they wrote. Haters are not welcome at Imagine. We don't care if this affects our business. <laughs> that is something special. Think about how much money goes into starting a restaurant, you know? A lot. A lot. So much money. And not even a fancy restaurant. Like a regular restaurant. Like a just a local hole in the wall. Just a little a little hole in the wall restaurant. It sure does cost a lot of money to build and maintain that property. And then one Facebook comment, a single a single Facebook comment of you being a total jerk just ruins your life. I gotta say though. The lady seems like she was very rude in writing that review, but I'm not a big fan of kids at restaurants. Yeah, dude, that's gross. <laughs> Especially naked butts. Here's here's the reality, is that anyone that writes a restaurant review is going to write a rude review, because that's the only reason that anyone leaves reviews on the internet. That's very true, very true. You have to be a certain kind of person to complain online on a person's page about something that happened to them, but it doesn't matter. That's just part of life, and if you're a restaurant owner, you got to know it's part of life. Uh, on the other end of internet restaurant drama, I follow this guy and his name's Josh Williams and uh, I watched a couple days ago as he posted this tweet. So just look at this tweet. <laughs> I did see this. You saw it? Yes. See? Yeah, so this is the crazy thing. So I just follow this dude and I just saw him post this. So I know you saw it online, but just take it in its perfect platonic whatever. Just a guy that you follow on your Twitter stream and this is what it says. What does it say? Started asking the folks at Chipotle to individually package my ingredients so I can assemble it at home. Am I weird or brilliant? Okay, so... So it's a picture... Yes. It's a picture of a... A deconstructed burrito. So he's got all the ingredients in little plastic cups and a fork and knife, and that's it, you know? And I saw it, and I thought, okay, cool. And I actually thought, that's kind of interesting. I don't think I would ever do that because it just seems like a lot of work. But I'm the dude, I go in, my, my order's kind of complicated at Chipotle. I ask for a burrito bowl, and then I always ask for a cup of sour cream. And sometimes I ask for uh, hard shell tacos on the side. So sometimes I ask for one thing, sometimes I ask for two things, and... I feel like I'm kind of pushing my luck. I saw this picture and I thought, oh my gosh, this guy is brilliant. Okay, so you are you fall on the brilliant side. I'm I'm down with this guy. Yeah. But then everyone on Twitter ripped into shreds like, this is an abomination, this is a monster. So yeah, I, I, I didn't get that. So I saw this and I thought of nothing because I thought, whatever, I make some exceptions myself. This tweet got 1.4 thousand retweets, 7.8 thousand hearts, and a conversation of 1.5 thousand replies. Yeah. And that is insane to me how much how much has happened with this i'm looking at the conversation what is happening this is not right man trust the process yeah people respond like bro you need to die stepping out of the woodwork to say this is a great example of how my entire shift could be ruined because of you do not do this you're difficult. You're the one customer I'd hate to serve. No, dude, this guy's genius and he's replying so brilliantly. He's like been really cool about it. <laughs> he he said I've learned a lot today, folks. Top three. One, Chipotle Twitter is lit. <laughs> yeah. Two, I am what the kids call extra AF. <laughs> <laughs> three, line workers deserve more tips. Okay, so another funny story. Oh my gosh. Yes, I saw this. I can't believe that I didn't bring this up to talk to you about this. This is weird as heck. Hobby Lobby got caught smuggling Iraqi antiquities, probably for its enormous new Bible museum. Uh, yeah, so literally Indiana Jones style plot, these important ancient artifacts 
from Iraq that have to do with the Bible have been getting exported out of Iraq, brought into the United States, and listed as tile samples worth like 10 bucks. Tile samples. And they've been doing this to, they saying dating back to at least 2010. So they've been doing it for a minute. Yeah, for a long time. I, I read like a long article about this. They're trying to start this thing called the Museum of the Bible. Yeah, in D.C. Which is like going to be, yeah, one of the most large museums dedicated to biblical history in the world. And they've been they've been collecting stuff really quickly. And when they first started collecting it a couple of years ago, people started getting really weirded out because their pace of collection was like way too way too fast. Where you know anything like this, the amount of people who have handled it before you is very important. Apparently, this is like a way for a lot of militants and terrorists to like make money in that area. Yeah, dude, the crime is like skyrocketing up because they're seeing that there's interest in certain artifacts and like, uh, yeah, it's just a dumb stone over here, but it it's worth something over there. That is so weird, man. They called it out, but it for real is the Indiana Jones plot. Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby. And their Robbie Hobby. <laughs> I've never even been inside of a Hobby Lobby before. Neither have I. You have anything else you want to share with me this week? I do. So I recently, I saw uh, Spider-Man Homecoming last night, and this was one of the trailers. The Senate committee will now hear from Jacob Lawson, Climate ISS chief coordinator. May the record reflect that he was nearly one hour late. Yeah, sorry about that. I literally had to fly in from outer space. Oh, no. Immediate, from the get, man, it's bad. Yeah, I was like, no, this is a... This is like one of those like scary movie, fake mockumentary type things. No, it's real. Thanks to a system of satellites, natural disasters have become a thing of the past. We can control our weather. You know what? You're making fun of this movie. I'm into it. No, you're lying. It's just, it's having some fun. I'm, I'm into it. I like it. I'm going to watch this movie. You know what? Okay, here's the deal. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real with you. Are you ready for this? Yep, let's hear it. You ready? Mm-hmm. G.I. Joe was a good movie. You're, you're joking. I said it, and I'm not going to take it back. Sometimes life is hard, Ben, and there's, there's stuff that happens, and, and you just need to, to, just, to just escape reality. And no better way to escape a reality than, than watch some, some bad film plot about the world coming into some sort of catastrophic ending and then some dude like punching his way to save it. That's what I'm all about. I'm all about that. And sometimes you just need a little bit of that and it needs to be really gratuitous and this movie looks like that and I'm down. Okay. I'm going to watch it. A couple things. I'm ready. One, I feel like that admission was worse than me saying I like chilies. Just being frank. Okay. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Uh, Two, how, how do I say this? How dare you? (laughs) How dare you hate on superhero movies, comic book movies alike? Oh, and like GI Joe. No, see, this is this is the thing though: is the superhero movies started taking themselves too seriously? No, they do not. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then, uh, do you like the Fast and Furious franchise? Uh, yeah, dude. Okay, all right. Because I feel like that's an acceptable, ironic, like, <laughs> it's crap, but I love it. Uh, every single time that a Fast and Furious movie comes out, this is what I try to do: I try to convince somebody to watch all of them with me. Back to back to back to back to back to back to back. <laughs> it is fun to do. I'll, I would I would do it with you every time. Yeah, every single time that a movie comes out, that commitment grows grows larger. I got a lot of movies now, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I need to really work on that before quarter three, twenty eighteen, or whenever the next one comes out. So, dude, that's that's the ugliest thing you've ever said, and I I chose ugly on purpose. You like GI Joe? I can't believe that's some. <sighs> 
No, it's good. No, it's not. It's uh, it's Shanning Tatum and Marlon Wayans just freaking punching some people and then running up like a building and then like a samurai ninja comes out and then like cuts a dude in half. Did you like G.I. Joe as a kid? No, I never even saw G.I. Joe. Oh, so it's not even nostalgia? Drew, stop. Turn off your mic. Stop talking. My God. <laughs> I'm for real. This is not for show. I am for real floored. Okay. That's, that's honestly, you know what? It's fair. I'm not going to try to defend my case. <laughs> it really rattled my cage. That is a weird pick, especially from you. That's the thing, though. That's what movies are supposed to be. They're just supposed to be fun sometimes. Like, okay, here's the deal. All right, I'm really going to make a case for this. Transformers, dude, I'd be all about the Transformers franchise, but they're like five hours long, and they have, like, way too complex plots. It's stupid. That's what G.I. Joe did. It just made a fun little fun little action movie. You just need a fun little action movie sometimes. And all of our movies, including Batman versus Superman or whatever it was, to Transformers Dark of the Night. What's it called? What's the new one called? <laughs> the last night. They they try to do too much. And the people that go see Transformers, they want to see a Transformer transform and then punch another Transformer. That's the box that you have to check off and they don't need to do anything else. But what they do is they add King Arthur and like an outer space hacking plot and like all this other stuff that just isn't necessary. And G.I. Joe didn't do any of that and I was satisfied. That's all I'm saying. Gosh, true. It's such a weird pick. I am 98% sure that I'm going to end the podcast on you just bad-mouthing me for like 45 seconds straight. Because that's a bad that's a bad take, man. That's not a hot take. That's a cold take. All right. We're still on it, I see. That and Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman sucks and G.I. Joe sucks. Nah, I'm going to keep going. But yeah, okay.